Eagles Entertainment. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right, another day. And we've got our first Saturday practice of training camp as the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 392. At the top of today's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with Ben Fennel and Chris McPherson about what we saw on a beautiful day outside here in South Philadelphia as the Eagles took the field for their third training camp practice of the summer. Who stood out? Well, there were some really impressive reps on both sides of the football, and we're going to get into all of it right at the top of the show. Before we get there, though, one thing I want to make sure we hit on, number one, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you listen. If you're listening to this on YouTube, go on, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. If you've got a question about this team, it could be the depth chart, it could be the scheme, it could be the preseason, it could be training camp battles, whatever it is, head on over to Apple Podcasts in particular, leave your question in the comment box. We will answer it here on an upcoming show. Really appreciate the feedback we have gotten from our listeners uh, on the return of the podcast. Thanks so much uh, for all the excitement uh, with the return of the show. We'll be here every single day that there is practice for the rest of the summer. So make sure you stay subscribed right here to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. That said, let's get into what we saw today at practice. It's time for my chat with Ben and Chris. Let's go to Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, as I welcome in Chris McPherson and Ben Fennell. Guys, uh, we'll start, C-Mac, uh, with you. We've got some uh, some personnel notes and shuffles here and there. Let's go. Let's get to some of the news of the day. All right, well, we'll go to the injury situation first. Yep. One guy added to the list today, defensive tackle Milton Williams, out for today's practice with an elbow injury. Two other guys sideline, and these are guys that have been out. Zach Paschal with the food poisoning, Carrick Weefall coming back from COVID. What the great news is, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, they're back in the mix after going through COVID progressions themselves. Now, note that there are still three guys on the pup list right now, and that's Richard Rogers, Tyree Jackson, and Brett Toth. So those guys are also still not practicing. Nick Sirianni spoke before practice, and for me, the big storyline was Miles Sanders. Where does he stand on the depth chart? Because he was getting some reps with the second team. Kenny Gainwell was working in Friday's practice with the first team. What does it all mean? Sirianni said nothing. He was emphatic that Miles Sanders is the starter. There's no secret whatsoever. He's the number one guy. They're going to rotate backs. I mean, folks, let's look at the depth chart right now. There are five running backs on the roster. That's pretty light for a team in training camp. You need guys to take those other reps. There were some reports saying that Miles Sanders had not taken any second team reps. Well, Miles Sanders said after practice himself, yeah, I took second-team reps last year. It's it's rotation, okay? It's obviously you don't have that many backs on the roster. You have to figure out who's going to work well with whom because there's going to be injuries. There are going to be different packages. Guys are going to mix in and out of the lineup. The Eagles are essentially a running back by committee, you know? Miles Sanders is going to have his role. Boston Scott's going to have his role. Kenny Gainwell is going to get his. They're going to need to rotate these guys throughout the long 17-game season. So don't take anything about all this hoopla, you know, early in training camp that Miles Sanders had second-team reps. Oh, he's getting demoted. That's not the case, as Sirianni emphatically declared uh, whatsoever. Miles Sanders, as he spoke after practice, the one thing he's looking for 
in his fourth season, contract year for him. He wants respect. And for me, he deserves it when you look at some of the numbers he's posted in his first three seasons, okay? Third among all NFL running backs in yards per carry. Fourth among all NFL running backs in scrimmage yards per touch. And an Eagles-related note, he's one of just three players, okay? And we're going to do a little, little trivia, put you guys on the spot here, so to okay. speak. He's one of only three players in franchise history to have 900-plus scrimmage yards in each of his first three seasons. Do you guys think you can guess the other two players? Well, the low-hanging fruit has got to be Westbrook. I feel like he came out pretty hot those he first was few more, years. So, scrimmage yards, okay. okay? He was more of a special teams guy. That Punt return extraordinaire. Right, yeah. That was his specialty So early on. So, Westbrook didn't make the cut there. Uh, I would say uh, it's tough. I, I honestly would go Shady. Shady. Uh, at number two. Right there. I mean, probably Wilbert. Wilbert's Wilbert a good guess, but not just running backs. Let's think outside running backs. Ah, okay. Got it. Wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson. Got it. Okay. okay. That makes sense. But you look at all this company. I mean, Miles Sanders deserves some praise, but he wants to be available for this team. He's battled injuries the last couple of seasons. He just wants to be ready to help this team win in whatever role it is. But as Nick Sirianni said, he is been the starter. I love these conversations because, you know, let's say he gave the backup quarterback reps with the first team and it would create similar waves. Yeah. But then when you have an injury during the season and the backups have to play with the ones and let's say there isn't that continuity, the coaches get asked the question the other way. Well, did you think about cross-training the ones and twos at all? So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't business. And we're in the dog days of summer. It's still July storylines aren't really uh, out there to be had. So, you know, you see something like that, you talk about it, you ask questions. I hope we get some real football yeah, soon. Yeah, it's one of those things that I almost think of it like uh, with draft coverage, right? We talk about this in the journey of the draft. Is like every fan would always say, oh, you, you always draft best player available. You draft best player available. That's how you win. You best player available, best player. Until you draft somebody... We don't need a, that's a player at this position. Why? What do they think of drafting? It's like, no, that's the best player available. This is what you wanted. Uh, it's the same kind of thing. Exactly right. You're damned if you And do remember, Kenny Gainwell played over 300 snaps last year. Yep. Big contributor. And I got news for you. Miles Sanders wasn't on the field with him on a lot of those snaps. Yep. You're going to work in different players, keep guys fresh, have that committee. And that's a good thing. And I think Miles Sanders gets it. I think most of the fans get it. There's a couple guys in between there that are just trying to connect some dots. Uh, another big topic I know, uh, C-Mac, with Nick Sirianni was the uh, the topic of pre-snap motion. And that was something that came up in the press conference as Yeah, well. he was asked about it. The Eagles working on it a little bit more early on in training camp. And again, we had this conversation about Jonathan Gannon. You know, is it odd fronts? Is it even fronts? What are we going to see? Gannon wants to go through the playbook to see what he can use during his season. That's what Sirianni is doing here. Now, as soon as I heard it, I went to Ben. I said, Ben, I need you to look up for me. Where did the Eagles rank in motion last season? And he quickly pulled it up, researched it, 30th in the league, okay? And Sirianni didn't know the ranking offhand. He knew it was pretty far down. Yep. And he said, we don't want to be in the bottom quarter of anything across the league, okay? You know, it, it's something that they want to look at, you know, but they're not going to be a big motion team, but they're trying to see if they can find ways to incorporate and just keep defenses off their toes and make them have to prepare for it, if anything else. And it's something I don't have the numbers in front of me at this moment, but like, if you look around the league, motion is up like crazy. Like if you look yeah. at the, the how much it's increased five or six years. So whatever the Eagles were last year, percentage wise, like yeah, that might have ranked thirtieth, but five six years ago. I don't know. You know. I would say that's probably like middle of the league, at least of where they were. But now it's and Ben. You and I have had this discussion on this channel in the past. You know, every, there are a lot of people who say, "Oh, it's motion, motion, motion. You have to do motion." 
there are a lot of good offenses that don't use motion right now. There are plenty of reasons not to do it if you're trying to keep the, the picture static uh, for the quarterback and keep the defense stationary. A good way to do that is to stay stationary yourself. You know, you can talk the pros and cons exactly. of it, but we don't really need to. It's more the philosophical general point. Yep. All these schematic elements have pros and cons. Exactly. So it's, there's no just general serum to say this will get us touchdowns and yards. Right. Everything is a give and a take. So while the league may be ebbing one way and a team isn't, and you're wondering, well, why aren't we with the trends? There's pros and cons to talk through that. And like you had mentioned, there are people that like motion. There are people that don't like motion. Well, one of the godfathers of hating motion was Peyton Manning. Yep, right. So, you know, for everybody that loves it, I'll find you a Hall of Famer that hates it. Aaron Rodgers was like anti-motion before, exactly, right? And so yes. this new offense. So it's, that's how uh, a lot of offenses, a lot of quarterbacks, a lot of coaches feel that way. Um, you know, one player, we have seen in motion a decent amount over the course of these first uh, couple of practices, wide receiver A.J. Brown. Ben, you and I uh, on the sideline for that first team period. You and I have talked uh, here on this show the last couple of days about his physicality and his strength at the catch point, and that showed up uh, early in that first team session. Yeah, and a great, uh, you know, <laughs> receiver one against corner one, him against Darius Slay. I don't remember if it was team or a one-on-one, but Darius Slay smothered him for about 90% of the route. Just that last little surge at the cap- catch point from A.J. Brown that you just really saw – him competing for that ball, the strong hands, using that big body and frame, and just the tenacity, the intensity, the alpha mentality of saying, I'm out leverage, I'm going to compete for that ball. He was covered the whole route, but made the catch. Yep. And I think having that type of security blanket on the other side for the quarterback, having that best friend to say, hey, maybe I had a little uh, pass rush on me, I had to get it out early, and he didn't have the proper leverage, but he's not going to hang me out to dry. He may not catch every one of those, but he's going to compete for it. And he's not going to just let the DB win the rep. And I think that's what you're going to get from A.J. Brown. And one other thing, you had mentioned the motion of A.J. Brown. He's all over this offense. Yeah. He's inside. He's outside. The screen game, down the field, crossing routes. That play against Slay was an outside-the-numbers rep. So used very creatively. I expect all those guys to be used creatively. You see Devontae all over the formation. Kenny Gainwell all over the formation. Tight ends all over the formation. Uh, A.J. Brown, though, has been a lot of fun to watch, C-Mac. It's interesting you bring up A.J. Brown and, and the way he's being used because Sirianni was asked about, are you going to create plays for A.J. Brown? This is your playmaker. <laughs> this is the guy you use a first-round pick and plus to get in the offseason. You know, this is someone who the Eagles were well aware of going to the draft. This is someone they've scouted and they've studied over the years. And to see this, this guy, this, you know, Adonis in their offense now who can do everything – of course, you got to find ways to. to they get paid him hundred million. Ball. I think they're going to find the way yeah, to get him yes. the ball. He's like an <laughs> H-back <laughs> weapon with receiver athleticism right. and speed. Yep. It's a very unique skill set, body type that you know he kind of looks like a tight end running back at times, and then you see him run in the open field, and it's like, oh no, that's a that's a four four SEC receiver right there. So having the combination of those two. I mean, the, the offensive play designers just must be salivating with the ways to use them. Well, that's the thing. It's like when I went back and studied him after the, the Eagles traded for him back in April, uh, I was kind of – obviously, everybody thinks of him as like, all right, play action, tight splits, the slants, the inbreakers, and the yards after catch. And certainly that is a big staple of what he brings. But there were plenty of outstanding reps of him tracking the ball downfield on fades, back shoulders. And we saw a lot of that early. I remember when we were doing um, uh, Inside Training Camp, first episode of Inside Training Camp aired uh, today after Nick Sirianni's press conference, outstanding job by uh, Gabriella DiGiovanni, uh, Dave Spadaro, myself, went through, just took through the first like 30 minutes of practice. You can go check it out uh, on the Eagles' uh, YouTube channel, all their social channels. Uh, but when we were watching, 
the receivers are going through some of those downfield reps, and you just see, like, oh, yeah, like, A.J. Brown's got that ability to track the ball over his shoulder. He's not just a, a quick yak threat. It's also, like, the, the, the deep ball element uh, as well. We also got to see, Ben, staying on the receiver DB uh, conversation, some one-on-ones that you alluded to, and just watching, all right, like, how are these matchups going to, to develop? Because we know that we see those same matchups in these one-on-one periods time and time and time again throughout the course of the summer. Here on day one, it was Devontae Smith and Darius Slay, and it was A.J. Brown and James Bradbury. So you get the, the size and physicality of the, the second matchup. You get the, the speed and the quickness uh, and, you know, and the savvy of the second one. Uh, so really interesting to just kind of see those guys go at it. Uh, Darius Slay uh, was able to, uh, to keep up with Devontae throughout most of the route, but really nice catch by Devontae Smith on the first rep. Uh, you had the, uh, the James, Brad, Brad, uh, James Bradbury PBU on the second rep, and Quez Watkins getting nice separation on the inside against Devontae Max just to kind of start that drill off. Yeah, Bradbury, I thought, had an outstanding day overall because later on, it was a team peer. They were working on third downs, and he's against Devontae Smith, and Devontae Smith runs a double move down the left sideline, yep. and you know Jalen Hurst throws up the ball for him, and Bradbury gave him no space, no air whatsoever, so Devontae had no chance to come down with the football, and I'm just so excited to see the, the physicality, the tenacity of Bradbury mixed with the fluidity of, of big play Slay and what he's gonna what he brings to this defense coming off the huge Pro Bowl year he, he had last season. You know, talking Slay, Bradbury, PBU's coverage, guy that shows up daily making plays in coverage is TJ Edwards. Oh yeah, yeah another he had one. A fantastic PBU on a one on one angle route against Gainwell, which Fran, you know, you've seen enough of these one on ones at the Senior Bowl and stuff. That is not a drill designed to help the defense. Completion percentage is like 95 plus. Yes, like and especially angle routes. Right. Those are the ones that get put on YouTube and Twitter and a linebacker just got absolutely carved up right. by a running back. Great PBU and a pass breakup on Gainwell, who's a great route runner. Then later in a team period, diving breakup on a flat pass. Instincts, angles, confidence, FBI, anticipation, all those things help you execute the play. Yep. I could show you 4-4 four, four linebackers that don't have that and can't get to that spot. TJ Edwards is a 4-8 linebacker, but he has all those other abilities that help him contribute in the pass game. He does not look like a sub-pass game linebacker. Right. But he is literally one of my favorite coverage linebackers in the NFL. He has done this routinely in games, routinely in practice, routinely in camp. Talked about him two podcasts ago or yesterday, undrafted free agent. Now the Mike linebacker, yep. the quarterback of the defense. I think of even just like the, the leaping interception he had early in the Saints game, the opening possession last year, right? Uh, how many times have we seen him make that play in camp? It was just that, that kind of play. It's almost like I don't want to make the one-for-one. One. Jordan Hicks didn't look like right. a coverage yeah, linebacker sure. either. Right. And ended up being one of the best in the NFL. Tons of impact plays, pick sixes, all sorts of plays in coverage. TJ's got a little bit of that yeah, as well. I, I agree. Uh, and just like, um, you know, going through some of the, you talked about that, uh, the running back linebacker one-on-ones. You said Jacoby Stevens uh, had a pick in that one too. That's that's tough to get a pick in all yeah. those Texas routes in, the, in that drill. Yeah, not very easy for the linebackers, but no. I, I like this, the juice of this new linebacking group at Kaiser White yep. and, you know, Jacoby Stevens looks healthy. He's still a young, talented player out there. Um, I thought the linebackers and, 
you know, Marcus Epps, a lot of that coverage through the middle of the defense has been it's very big. strong. Yeah. When you play a lot of zone, you need that that middle of the field has got to be uh, owned by some of those guys in coverage. And uh, nice to see those guys making plays early on. Uh, I don't know, if, Ben, if you had any like plays of the day in mind for me. One guy I just wanted to give some some credit to, and you made the, the point in our practice notes uh, that Jalen Hurts has just been really sharp through the first couple days. He had a two-play sequence uh, in one of the team periods towards the end of practice where he hit Devontae Smith on a comeback route along the near sideline. It was right in front of us over the underneath defender, so showing that touch to get it over the under the first guy, but with enough pace and mustard to, to beat the safety to the spot too. So it was on the money throw, first down completion, very next snap. Dallas Goddard runs one of those sail routes, one of those patented sail routes for a first down, and you said it as the ball was in the air. Man, that ball's early. That is on time, and it was on the money, right on Goddard's face mask uh, for a first down. It's a really nice two-play sequence. I thought Jalen Hurts had a really nice day today. Yeah, that corner route to the tight end seemed like it was his favorite route to throw last year. He seemed very confident and uh, can anticipate that as well. We saw it out in practice. That layered throw to Devontae, great catch by Devontae. Yeah, was, Underneath the no fender, doubt. he had a corner on his back. I could not find the ball through all that traffic. But another point of, point of emphasis for Hurts. We talked about red zone progressions, decision-making, throwing over the middle of the field with timing and accuracy, layering throws. Yep. And that was a perfect example. Devontae Smith, I'll throw in one play of the day. C-Mac, you had mentioned Jason Kelsey, full participant. Not sure if a lot of people realize he wasn't a full participant the previous days. Not yep. out there in team periods. It was 51, rookie Cam Jurgens at center yep. with the first team. Not today. Jason Kelsey right back in his spot. They hit a little screen play, I think, later in practice. Misdirection one way. Jason Kelsey, his signature play, sprinted out to the perimeter, sealed off, I think, a linebacker or a safety, let out a big woo after he the did. play. <laughs> you just knew he kind of he hit his signature finishing move out there and let everybody know. It was great to see the uh, 34-year-old center showing off that athleticism for an old guy. It was a very creative screen uh, that went, went in the direction of Dallas Goddard on the far sideline. Uh, good to see Jason Kelsey out there. Uh, I loved the play. Uh, C-Mac that you alluded to, the James Bradbury pass breakup. Another corner that I thought had a nice day. Of the, cause I think there's going to be a lot of talk about the corners, the back end of the depth chart. Oh, like yeah. Are the, these young guys, the second-year guys, uh, how are they going to shine? I thought Tay Gowan had a couple of really nice reps today, some really physical pass breakups. He had one late in the developmental period uh, the, at the end of practice. He had one in one-on-ones, a really nice physical pass breakup, and he had one to close out a team period. So uh, three nice impacts on the ball from Tay Gowan. I thought he had a nice day. That's a great battle because I thought Mac McCain, we yeah. didn't mentioned him on the podcast yesterday, and I thought he had a very strong day yesterday. It was all around the football. You mentioned Gowan, who came over from Arizona in the Zach Ertz trade yes. midseason. He was uh, a draft. I mean, he was a fifth-round pick, right, by a, Arizona last year. Yes, he was. So that is a great – as we get into the preseason a little bit later down the line when, you know, the Stars probably not going to play as much because you figure they're going to focus their time in those joint practices, those are going to be some of the premier battles to watch because there are so many young guys. Remember Zach McPherson from yep. last season, okay? It's – all right, there's a lot of guys who are competing for playing time. You need to build up that depth behind the trio of Slay, Bradbury, and Avante Max, Ben. And I'm going to give myself a little pat on the back. I feel like I had a good day <laughs> out time. there. Yeah, right. Because my strategy is don't watch the ball. I commit to watching a player or a matchup each play. Yep. And news for you. Sometimes you do that during a practice, and the ball never went that way. You didn't get that action you wanted to. Oh, who'd you say? I committed to some guys today, like that Jason Kelsey screen. Yeah. There was misdirection on that play. If I was watching the ball, I probably would have missed it. Yep. But I was just said, I'm watching Kelsey here. Watch them the whole way, sprint out there, seal that player. There was another couple reps where I said, I'm watching JJ or I'm watching Devontae. 
target right to him. So pat on the back for me today. Congrats, man. Yeah. You need the, the script. You the deserve a day off tomorrow. The planets aligned, and uh, we had a good day out there. So uh, we'll watch the tape. We'll try to get better, and uh, we'll just show up tomorrow, you know? Uh, C-Mac, were there any other notes from player availabilities after practice? Uh, I don't know if, if there was anything that stood out to the you. The safeties. Safeties are the big one. So okay. Marcus Epps. Obviously, has the great opportunity to become a starter this year. It's basically he's it's, he's been the first team safety with Anthony Harris, so it's yeah. his job to lose at this point early on in camp. And he said that after last season, he just wanted the opportunity, so he's been trying to stay grounded. He actually opened a gym, a training facility, five thousand square feet, turf field, you know, rehab facility out in California. So he brought all the DBs out to California for some team bonding, some working out. And the guys have seen his preparation. The guys have seen the work he puts in, the film study, the whole nine. They're happy for him to get the opportunity. And Epps has that versatility where he has a little nickel on his background. You know, obviously he's playing safety. You know, I thought he showed a lot of promise in his playing time last season. So he's going to get the opportunity here for a starting job. And he's just looking to make the most of it and take day by day, try to get better and try to cement his hold on that starring job well I think he hit all the points on the field I really think he's like on the cusp of being a superstar wow. he is well spoken he has a great smile he is engaging I think he's now comfortable with who he is as a professional I think he knows his spot on the roster the defense you know there's a six round pick out of Wyoming a few years ago he's actually I think started with the Vikings, Vikings. Or yeah off the team yeah, the pick it's a tough life you're not that confident in yourself he looks like he's playing faster out there more infectious off the field. Saw his press conference today, engaging with the the media, well-spoken kid, well-thought. Sky's the limit for a kid like this. He's 26 years old. I'm really happy for him and really excited for his opportunity. Really athletic and and tested really well coming out uh, of Wyoming, and that athleticism has showed up in flashes and spurts. I'll tell you what, like that pick he made on day one was yeah. just, I mean, just maybe one of the best plays of camp, like by the time we get to the end of the summer. Outstanding. And he played a lot last year, over 500 snaps. And listen, I don't mean to call out another person on the team, but when you're a young player at a position and then they draft someone out of Clemson and Kayvon Wallace and you think you're losing your spot, he didn't sulk. He didn't feel bad for himself. He got to work, said, I don't care where you got drafted, where you came from, where I came from. I'm going to beat out whoever's in front of me on the pecking order. And I think we're really seeing that. And I think he's a really good player, and I'm really happy for him. Yeah, uh, it's a, a guy that's going to be certainly one of the big stories of camp uh, as we go through the rest of the summer. Uh, make sure all of our listeners, make sure you go check out our practice notes. You can find them on PhiladelphiaEagles.com, the Eagles mobile app. They should be published by the time you're listening to this podcast. So make sure once you're done uh, with this episode, go check out our notes. We've got some more nuggets that uh, we didn't share here on the podcast. There's always going to be a little bit of crossover, but uh, go check out some of those exclusive nuggets We're there on our practice notes. Uh, guys, we've got the day off tomorrow. No practice here for the Eagles on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and Thursday next week. The Eagles not practicing. Uh, they have a walkthrough, I believe, on Wednesday. No practice on Friday. So uh, count to hear on us uh, three times here in the next five days. But uh, C-Mac, Ben, we will, uh, we will see you guys on Monday. For everybody out there, we will talk to you next time right here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast.